Hello and welcome um, to our second episode of Poetry on the Air. Um, I will be your host, Jack Collins, and I'm here interviewing the judges of this year's Leeds Poetry Festival 2023 anthology. Um, these people judged our competition winners. I'm going to go around the room and tell you who I'm sat here with. I'm very excited. First of all, I'm here with Poppy Jennings. Hello. Hello. Poppy is the organiser of Leeds Poetry Festival. She's an experienced publisher and a poet herself. I'm very glad to be sat here with you. Also, it's great to have an opportunity to interrogate you instead of... Yeah, it feels um, very strange being on the receiving end of this this time. <laughs> ah, I've got the power. <laughs> um, next up, we have Matthew Headley-Stoppard. Hi, Matthew. Good evening. Good evening. Um, so Matthew's a poet, um, a librarian, and an author of three collections, most recently The Garland King, and he lives in Otley, where I went to school. This is a very cool um, excuse to lay into you. <laughs> um, Thanks, Jack. You're very welcome. I know. Yeah, I think I'm coming for you all today. <laughs> um, before I get into our third judge as well, I should tell you all that I sliced half my thumb off last night um, chopping onions, uh, and I've spent today in A and E getting it glued back on. So maybe that that will flavour. Thank you the for being today. here, Jack. You're so welcome. So I give so much. Soldering on. Amazing. Oh yeah, really. Uh, it's really hard work, this sitting down. Drinking <laughs> beer. Yeah, absolutely. I do have a beer on the go, so all is well. Um, thirdly, uh, last but not leastly at all, we have Dr. Nasser Hussein, an author and professor of poetry, contemporary lit studies, and an amazing poet whose new collection drops this September. Nas, do you want to give us a little bit of a taster of stuff therein? Oh, wow. Do you want to hear one right now? Or a description? Hell yeah, let's do that. Yeah, the book's called Love Language. Um, yeah, we'll call this a little warm-up poem, shall we? Groovy. Um, get us in the mood. Absolutely. Uh, so, two words in the title, love, language. Um, they're both pretty important in the text of this book. This one's near the end, um, and it's called From Language to Language. Language to the left of me, language to the right. Here I am, stuck in the language with you. Of the language, for the language, by the language. When they language low, we language high. <laughs> A language is haunting Europe. Ashes to languages, languages to dust. The phantom of the language is here. <laughs> A language come, a language go. Language and language went up the language to fetch a pail of language. We the language. Here a language, there a language, everywhere a language language. <laughs> a language by any other language would smell as language. A language is a language is a language. When language calls, ich bin ein languager. <laughs> language on a hot tin language. You language what you language. You language the world language. Stately, plump, language Milligan came down the came from the language head, bearing a language of lather on which a language and a language lay crossed. Languaging and languaging in the languaging gyre, the language cannot hear the languager. There is no language outside the language. It was the language of times. It was the language of times. 
<laughs> it is a language universally language that a single language in possession of a good language must be in want of a good language. Oh, language, my language. Nice. <laughs> that was great. That's Thank a, much, yeah, Lisa. never before heard uh, in any format. So there you go, folks. Uh, Excellent. Super fresh. When does this uh, book drop? Oh, man, September, uh, mid-September this Sometime. year. Um, I hope to do a couple of events and leads around about then. So, Wonderful. yeah, stay tuned. Is there somewhere people can follow you or reach you to find out when that yeah, might be? Yeah, sure. At Nasser S. Hussein, all one word, uh, uh, is my Twitter handle. Great. Um, maybe we'll publish that with the, yeah. the link yeah. somewhere in the that. summary. Yeah. Cool. Wonderful. Um, yes, welcome to uh, Poetry on the Air. What an amazing start. I'd like to shoot the poem... Um, Stick? I don't know. You're not shooting the poem <laughs> stick. I'd like pass to the poem pass stick. the poem the ball baton. over to Poppy uh, Jennings um, to kick us off. I don't know how I feel about all these puns and weird metaphors that Honestly, you're coming out with this time. I'm loaded with painkillers. <laughs> I'm just trying to words. Um, but um, we're going to get through this and it's going to be fab. Okay. What have you got for us, uh, Poppy? Um, so I'm going to read my poem, In the Hands of Atropos, which I never actually know if I pronounce that name right, but it's Greek, so let's just pretend that it was perfect. Um, this is one of my favourite poems that I've written, and I, I felt like it, it did work with the theme for the anthology quite nicely, so it'd be a good one to read. Um, so this is In the Hands of Atropos. My soul is balanced between the blades, between the fingers, between the sisters whose hands peck like raven's beaks, that pluck the spoils of fallen threads to catch the souls that fall between the blades, between the fingers, between the hands of three sisters, that measure the worth of we poor souls whose lives exist in lengths of ribbon or thread or string that catch on the broken nails, on shaking fingers, on reckless hands, of wrinkled wrists that roll with the crisscross of cat's cradle, to twine our trembling souls between the blades, between the knuckles, between the crooks of fingers, on hands, on wrists, entangled by the fragile souls that exist in strands of thread dyed red by souls snipped between the blades, between the hands of the careless crones, who control our hearts and lungs and minds like a game of Jacob's Ladder. Pull tight, too tight, between the chipped nails of crooked fingers, of jerked hands and tangled wrists, holding the trembling blades, slipping blades, that nick the red thread of that one soul, caught between the reckless hands between. Can you give us a little bit of um, background on the mythology of Antropos? Yeah, so Atropos is one of the three fates, um, and they're always kind of depicted as either crones, so like three elderly sisters who argue a lot, and but they have threads um, that are kind of the souls of mortals, mm. and they have a set of blades, and Atropos is the one that holds the blades. Um, it, they're, they're in a lot of films actually and they're always kind of just like it's a, these bickering sisters yeah. 
um, recognizable throughout yeah, plays, throughout literature. Yeah, sit there and mess around and accidentally kill people by cutting the threads. So, um, famously in the Disney's Hercules. Yes. This is yeah. A exactly. <laughs> that I oh, I don't yeah. I've seen that. And the three witches in Macbeth. Am I? Yeah. Oh, well, there's yeah. the the maiden, the mother, and the crone, which is the symbol of Hecate of Hecate. Um, which are often confused for each other, are sometimes depicted as being the same figures. But I think traditionally in Greek mythology, they're separate figures to each other. Mm. Well, thank you very, very much. I'm going to kick us off by asking a question about the judging uh, that you have done. As we record this, I believe you finished <coughs> the final decisions within the last couple of days, am I right? On Friday, this is a Monday today. We met on Thursday yeah. to finalise the shortlist. So it's fresh, incredibly yeah. fresh, uh, <laughs> making your final decisions. So what were your first impressions of the work that was submitted? Were there a lot of pieces that came through to you? Yeah, first? there were about 280 280,000 yeah something like that (laughs) yeah it was was a lot it was a lot of entries um and did you divide that labor or did everyone read no we all read all of them we had you know a sheet that we all worked with to figure out which ones we all um liked most for the anthology and the long list um but yeah there were a lot um there were some longer form poems as well and lots of shorter poems we set the line limit at 80 lines for the competition. That's still a long old poem. Yeah, it yeah. is. Just to kind of, you know, there are long form poets out there, so I did want to exclude that kind of form. But I certainly appreciated that. that. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, most of the 30 lines or less, mm-hmm. um, you know, competitions kind of bug me for yeah. that. So, so good, well done, Poppy. You have to have that. it open to different kinds of poems. Having said that, if you were to do it again, would you put any other restrictions? Because uh, I can think of one for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Me. I think every year I learn of maybe something new that I need to do to restrict. The, not because there's anything wrong with the work that is sent in, but it's not always, it doesn't always match yeah. what you need to have for a competition or to judge it. And we did limit. So last year, I think I kind of anticipated that we'd get a lot more entries. So last year we actually had um, poets could submit up to three. Mm. So I'm, it's I'm glad that every we, year, hasn't yeah. It? So we've limited yeah. it to two for this year, and I'll probably keep it at two. I don't know, maybe one. Po- I don't know. It depends. I feel like most competitions you're allowed to submit up to two, so it would mm. feel it would feel bad limiting it to one. Do you think two feels nice, Matt? Nice. Two, yeah, two feels nice, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't that overwhelming. I, I, I didn't think, you know, as a, as a list of poems. And one thing we did discuss in the in the first sort of judges meeting was because you didn't have a yardstick to begin with. Mm. Maybe we, you're either too lenient or too strict with the first sort of mm-hmm. twenty to forty poems, where you were just like, where you're like warming up. Yeah. Like, uh, and then senses. when when you shared that with the other judges, you you were just like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of not sure why I did put that one yeah. through, and uh, right. not not that or there why were... I didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked each other into a lot of poems as well as 
kind of, I think having you, because I think something that was nice about it is that all four of us have very different styles and very different poems that we like personally, which means that when we talked about the poems together, there was a lot of different opinions that came into it. And you're kind of like, oh, actually, yeah, I do, I do agree. And we, like, you talk out of certain um, poems with a long list, but then you also can talk someone onto your side for why the poem should be credited with the long list. So it's, it, was, it was interesting hearing everybody's different opinions. That's interesting that you there was revisitation as well. It wasn't mm. just first impressions. I'd not really thought about that, that mm. there are second impressions and maybe third impressions once you're mm. narrowing it down. I think as well, because we, we had the first meeting um, a month ago. I think it was about a month really? ago now. Yeah. yeah, so then when we came back for the second meeting... Ten poems a day. Some, you kind yeah. of, you know, you remember which ones that you liked mm. as you're going through them again, but you can... Like you forget what each of the poems is about, or like <coughs> the, you know when you read it again, you you are reading it again like it's the first time, and um, which was quite nice in a way. You get to come back to it with fresh yeah. eyes. Obviously, and we're all busy. Uh, <coughs> you're all working folk, aren't you? So mm-hmm. it's not your entire life. You have to kind of leave <laughs> the poetry, <laughs> go and do stuff, do laundry, maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I would say 
don't use the not title. Not like a rule. Yeah. It wouldn't be a rule to not use it. Because there were a couple of poems that we read and it was it was nice. It, it worked for that poem. Yeah, and like every rule, there are exceptions. Yeah. But probably a good idea, mm-hmm. if you want your poem to stand out, to not use the title of the competition as the title for your poem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could also perhaps come from like a they're just misconstruing mm. and thinking that perhaps they their poem must be titled the mm. the competition yeah theme. yeah maybe i just need to put that in there it's like a i guess when i do the um what are they called guidelines yeah because they're not rules they're guidelines yeah um maybe i just need to add a little bit in there about that. But then I, I would hate to do it as well because I feel right. like I'd be limiting people more. Yeah, we love know. you, poets. Um, <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, yeah, consider I'm grumpy. Title. I'm grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a grumpy old fart. Uncle Nas just comes along. Yeah, I, think I was more strict than you guys were on it. I was, I was the one that was, you know, I think because you pick it up more. Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes it can be jarring because you know what the theme is called. So when you read it with a title or in the poem it kind of takes you out of the poem sometimes because of the link yeah. mm. um, and I found I felt like that happened for some of them did you find you had like how many um, marked interpretations did you have of the title did you have lots that were like way out or did you find people mostly stuck to like a kind of explicit interpretation Matt I'm going to go to you on this mm. no I think it was a mixed bag mm. wasn't it um, it was really varied yeah, yeah. They, they weren't they weren't like literal you know time is running out or sort of environmental poems which maybe like some people would have gone straight for but mm. i felt a lot of respect i can't really talk on behalf of the people who submitted because it's like they, they did it and we read them and it was it was generally like really a really good standard but for me i felt a lot of big pressure not to read a lot in one go because you know like as a job it was just like how, how many inform each other yeah and yeah. it was just like how many can i get through you know yeah. like to, to meet the deadline and stuff and i had to sort of stop myself and go no like everyone should be appreciated in in what they've done and mm-hmm. and like nas said you know we we read them and that sort of slowed everything yeah, right down to, yeah. to to really appreciate them how much is a portion of poetry what's, <laughs> what's a meal what's like mm. a poetry meal 10 I, 20 i've i judged um the east ridings one and we the last one we did we got about 900 mm. um wow. entries with how what's the how time frame time? there we get it just before christmas and then it's usually around about the new year that we have to sort of give a, a 20 short list Whoa. so it's over the christmas period and it is again it's it's like it's quite difficult, but in only the respect of like just reading lots of poems is it that can't, would have it can't to be, be your difficult. only job for a couple of weeks. That's quite <laughs> yeah. a lot to read through, and but um, you have to be, I guess, a bit harsher. But um, I feel I like don't know, 20, <coughs> twenty is a lot in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So wait, so. you're telling me that you went through the better part of a thousand poems inside of a couple of weeks. So I think for the listeners out there, what you should understand is that I'm sitting next to the human embodiment of chat GPT or something like that. That seems... He contains more poems than any man. That seems almost That's amazing. so many lovely poems and Matt was the one that would be like, do you know what this poem is about? And we, the rest of us would sit there and be like, 
No, and then we'd get a lesson, and that was really nice because that also changed the reading of the poems, I which was that. really good. You all informed each other's kind of readings and everything. As yeah, well. yeah. You, you are like a trivia like folder up there that's just y- useless. Everything. Yeah, useless knowledge. It's, it was uh, very useful for the competition, though. Yeah, we yeah. useful uselessness. Though. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favourite kind. I, mean, it was, it, I learned some new terminology as well because you might gather that I'm not the most sort of contemporary type of person and uh, a poem can be chill. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I like this. I yeah. For, yeah. And I think we should shout out to Janet for yeah. her she, contributions. Yeah, her readings were really good as well. She swayed me on a lot of the poems. Mm. Um, Janet Ahmed couldn't be here because she's based in Wales, um, which is why there's only the three of us with Jack today. But um, Janet was the other judge and she definitely lightened a lot of the readings and the meetings as well would she be present in the room via zoom yeah like when yeah we we met on zoom um all on zoom every time yeah yeah so it was um which is because it's hard when you do it over the wi-fi because we kept there were times when it would cut out and couldn't really but no it was it was good um because it meant that we could all be involved yeah which janat's the only one that's not based well, not even in the country. She's based in Wales, so yeah, yeah. But she gave us that great term, the the pensive moment, yeah. Poet, which I carry, yeah, I, I like still that. carry that with yeah. me. Like, because I liked, um, we had a lot of poems that just focused on these really small moments in time. Just like re- there was one in particular, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was just about a lizard. Just, oh yeah, yeah, you know, just kind of sitting on a rock. It was just this tiny little moment. Yeah, but it was so lovely. Um, and Janat just said it perfectly. She just caught. She was like, "It's another pensive moment," and we were like, "Yeah." yeah. yeah. It's a whole genre. Yeah, yeah, it's an absolute genre. When we talked, because we tried to talk about the theme a lot, because there were, you know, I think when people submit to competitions, sometimes they do forget about the theme, and or they'll try and attach it too much to the theme and kind of lose it in the process. But that was one of the times when we were really talking about does it meet the theme and you know kind of the idea of this moment it did fit quite nicely in there but it was different to a lot of the other poems yeah and I think I would I I certainly came to the judging with a a certain set of ideas about what out of time meant Mm. and then I think that broadened in the conversation as well so then Mm -hmm. this idea that a poem could be a moment taken out of time yeah. suddenly started to work really hard mm-hmm. um, and opened up. Like improved your own process well, as you did it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We all fed yeah, each other nice. a great deal. I would like to um, call on Matthew H. Stoppard for a poem at this time. Um, what have you brought for us, Matthew? Uh, it's it's a, a poem from my latest collection, which is three years old. Um, so it's not even yeah. a newer one. The Garland but, King. But um, <laughs> this poem, it's we're in the middle of well dressing time. So well dressing is a an ancient tradition where you would recognise a source of water uh, with a tableau um, in a big frame with clay, and then you'd decorate the clay into usually a biblical scene, but sometimes it might be like a community hero hero or something like that you like um, y- your work runs close with like the practices of like morris dancing and like connection with uh, british folklore and um, like observance of natural tradition things like that yeah f- so, uh, pr- like by accident i sort of got involved in all these things and 
it informed the, the poetry collection. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping I'm sort of coming out of it. Morris dancing's still there, but hopefully the other stuff I'm coming out of it's hard not to sort of reference these things. So the poem's just called Well Dressing. Um, it usually happens in Derbyshire, is the main place, which is where I'm from, so I guess that's important to know. For the one filled with mum's donated blood, how she'd come home frail as a dandelion clock, blue tabard, cotton wool taped inside her elbow, earrings like cable cars. I built Eden from an illustrated Bible she bought me to stop me feeling scared when the house was empty. Ivy and cow parsley, fag ends for Eve's flesh, the snake a knitted draft excluder. For the one fermenting my stepdad's homebrew, how he held me like a kitten by the scruff of the neck, stumbling upstairs. I use rabbit scuts for Moses's beard, hops for his robes, and peeled beer mats scribbled in betting shop bet pen as his second set of commandment stones. For the one containing an infection the surgeon drained from my firstborn's pelvis, it neared his lungs, the way he limped around the kitchen the day he was admitted. I built the story of David and Goliath, entirely out of Lego, reclaimed from our hoover bag. It's the least I could do to atone for being such a clueless parent. Sweet peas to mask the guilt and bags under my eyes and frame the scene. For the one brimming with birthing pool water, oily amniotic fluid and promises to do better as a father floating around my second born and his mother, I constructed the nativity using conkers, loving the mist and a biohazard bag emptied of placenta for the donkey and manger, veil and halo. This leaves nothing for the one holding Sunday League phlegm, cold tea from a miner's snapped in, trickles from cracks in Whaley Bridge Dam, watered down whiskey none of us noticed at breakfast. A county so stoic that if you flicked a shilling into its history to make a wish, you wouldn't hear a splash. Nice. Nice. Wow, that's really cool. Thank you very much, Matt. Right, I'm going to... We'll have, a, we'll have a smaller question and then we'll have a massive question. So big, you won't be able to see anything else. Okay, so first of all, um, can you please discuss the reason that the winner won? Oh, and nice. I can, I, shall I read the can poem out? Can we have out? a refresher on, yeah. Yeah, shall I read it? Okay, so the winner this year was called Valentine's. And actually, this is the first time I'll have ever heard it as I read it. Oh, this will be interesting to yeah. hear how you read it. Because I only received it today, and cool. obviously I cut my thumb off, so... <laughs> oh, so a cold... So he didn't do okay. the work so ahead a of cold <laughs> So a cold reading by Jack Collins on a cocktail of painkillers right. on the hottest day of the year. Not prescription, though. It's in not 2023. The it's not that <laughs> Of um, the winning poem of the... Second Leeds Poetry, third, third Leeds yeah. Poetry Festival competition. All right, well, here we go. Let's see. I don't know if you set me up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if I come off the best. Um, but here we go. Valentine's. Here's one. The day Mr. X brought a cool box of sheep hearts to class and gave us each a knife as blunt as a tongue with which to worry and fidget them apart. It was rumoured that a boy in the year above had pressed his lips against a pair of sheep's lungs, breathed his deep kiss, then with a wet slap sent them exhaling across the lab at head height. The heart was different, however. I remember the greyish weight of the heart, blameless, in its Tupperware chill. I wanted to look after the heart, wanted to keep it in my pocket and feel its heft, dense and smooth as a pebble. 
as a marble statuette of itself when I cut into the heart I found only more heart. As a small boy I learned a snail shell does not contain a snail sized armchair and rug nor a miniature kettle sweating in a snail sized hearth below portraits of grandmother and grandfather snail. Inside the snail there's only more snail. Inside the heart there is only more heart. We kissed on your living room floor, smell of antiseptic still on our polo, polos. Your parents gone and knowing more than they let on, kissed in the way that the TV had taught us. Cheeks turned to an invisible director, a blunt tongue in your mouth and a small grey muscle thrashing in my chest that does not think or feel and which does not contain a single string, cog, gear or wheel and which was crammed so full of itself that there was no space or room inside of it for hurt. Nicely read. Yeah, yeah really nice. <laughs> I'm going to pass out. No, that was really gorgeous. <laughs> I love that poem. Yeah. Mm. Um, In- inside the heart, there is only one heart. I know. Wow. You know, the, the fearlessness of repetition. I find was one thing that really stood out for me in that the the relation of situations to to others. Yeah, the gray heart, the the gray weight of the heart, the the snail sized mm. inside the heart. There's only more heart. The the that produced a really interesting sense of time, poetic mm. time as well. Yeah, mm. it was so well written. It was lovely. I remember reading it again um, and hearing it again. Um, and just all the images and as well for me um, obviously you can't see it at the minute but the form of the actual poem as well yeah we'll it was put really, it really up really with lovely. the, the, yeah, with I can, the podcast I'll, yeah so that everyone can read it as well um, the images were just the images were just really beautiful as well none of it felt out of place or overused the sense of humor in the in the middle section where you hear about this learning that the snail house wasn't actually a lovely <laughs> cottage is really grounds the whole thing as well it do, ma- means that the first um stanza and the last stanza ring true instead of being a bit more pretentious it really like grounds mm. the whole thing in the middle yeah i think that you have that image of kind of high school adolescence mm and the memories of childhood are still fresh so the snail reverie mm. comes off quite well and then it pops Dreamlike. back at, yeah, and it pops yeah. back yeah. into fumbling around in new love um, yeah Great. So it's not even a whiff of nostalgia you know it's a, it's a memory as well yeah. so it's it's not like oh i remember it and it was like this and but it's it's less th- so less than perfect mm. Mm. And um, for me, it was the um, the connection between the heart as a muscle and the tongue. You, up yeah. here, you'd say tongue, but uh, the tongue as a muscle. Tongue. And these sort of two things thrashing against each other. And it even sort of, not in a too, you know, even sort of a messy way, it even comes together at the end with those two things. So. Yeah. It was so physical. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the well. blunt tongue. Yeah. You know. The, the question was discuss the reason the winner won, but it was kind of told in the poem, really, wasn't it? It was. It was just. It was a really well crafted piece. It was. There wasn't anything that any of us could pick out about it that we felt needed to change or, um, th- 
that wasn't as strong the whole poem was really strong and i think we all agreed on that mm. um yeah we all loved it yeah well, congratulations to christopher r moore yeah. big shout out everybody give <laughs> christopher r moore a cheer um, also, congratulations to Old Lady Fingers by Abby Nolan. We had Abby on our podcast last year, and she's just going from strength to strength mm. as a poet. She seems to, yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't got the time um, to read these, but also in third place, last but so not least, at the uh, resort, Not Wanting a Baby by Amy Schofield. So well done. Cheers for all of those. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Okay. You ready for a big, massive <clears throat> question? biggest question you've ever heard bring it on <laughs> okay um as a group of people who work closely with um readers writers students and practitioners um i know all of you kind of transcend those labels with the people that you work with how do you see the importance of literature developing as we move closer to Closer to in the sense that sort of, of ease of use, short form and more visual um, media, we can include in that sort of like Instagram poetry. And we touched on this a little bit last year. Where does poetry fit into that? And anyone can begin, just kind of an open discussion. Well, it's funny. I remember, so when Insta Poetry really took off, I was working in publishing and I used to work at Rupi Kaur's UK publisher. So that was oh, wow. quite a big thing at the time. It was everywhere. Everybody was trying to get poets to do book deals with Insta Poetry. It just went insane. And this, for me, I, th I felt like it came from, um, it was like poetry had been kind of born again. And obviously spoken word had slowly been kind of gaining momentum, but Insta Poetry, and I guess the accessibility of poetry for everybody gave it a little bit of new life. I think now as well, we can kind of put TikTok poetry in the mix because that's the newest. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of poets. I don't use TikTok myself, but I know it's like a big, huge thing. And yeah. TikTok poets are a thing now. So maybe I'm being outdated. And going like, <laughs> well, like, Welcome to my like world, Jack. The technophobes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's it's really funny how it's gained momentum. But I think what it's done is it's made poetry more accessible, and I think it's shifted, not like too far away from the idea of traditional poetry and like strict rules, but just telling people anybody can write poetry and kind of learn new forms and new ways to write poetry right. and create their own as a form of expression. Like an introduction's an introduction. It can be good or it can be yeah. practice. Yeah. It's just you're still introduced. But I think that's why it's so important because, you know, I think I feel like we've all probably talked about <coughs> this, but the creative industries are not really given much credit in uh, not even just the UK, but like loads of places. And yet it's everywhere, like TV at home. That's artists, it's writers, it's creative people putting that together books all these kind of things i've had so many conversations with people where it's people are surprised that writers get paid to write yeah. like it's like it's seen as a hobby but so you're looking at it more as a breeding a ground yeah you, it's like a somewhere where you can practice and do low low production practice of like a really positive art yeah and i think that's why it's important because 
people learn a lot about art and expression through poetry um, and I think for a while it got a little bit lost in probably education as well I'm just not you know I think you know I think the really interesting thing is that you're, you're right I agree it gets lost but I think poetry is the fundamental form of education we don't just learn about art and culture I think poetry is the vehicle by which we learn language in the first place um, you, the first the first language. stories yeah. the first things anyone ever read to you yeah. as a babe in arms would have been some form of rhyming rhyme mm-hmm. yeah. nursery rhymes yeah as well. right and it would have and it would have come w- with an accompanying picture mm-hmm. so the concept of poetry image short form etc that's actually very old mm-hmm. right that's not a, that's not as cutting edge as we might choose to think it is i think mm-hmm. in fact what we might be doing is returning to a kind of root in terms of connecting uh, language to the visual. Um, so there's a reason these like short videos work so well is because they contain a form of poetry. There's like a mm-hmm. small message contained in a moment that's like yeah. yeah, and it forges this very powerful connection in our minds. And that's probably why even something as you know, deceptively simple as a Ruby Cower poem and a simple line drawing released so much mm-hmm. energy. Um, we're drawn to those things. And what we may have lost is simply just forgetting how, how important that link between the two are. I think poetry, of all the language art forms, is the most visual. You know when someone's reading a poem from across the room, if you look at someone on the train, you know, if you're looking over someone's shoulder on the train, you can tell if it's a book of poetry or not, mm. like instantly, right? You, without without being able yeah. to read a word of, of the page, just the shape of it, uh, the, the shape of the layout of the shape poem. Yeah, right? You know, poem. like yeah. you know the difference between a poem and literally every other form of text. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the most visual form of writing that I can think of. Um, okay, well, rant over. I suppose. No, <laughs> you know. I, think no I agree. I, I think it's. Useful. I think you're right. I think it's just. I think it's what with the generations that it the form is the same, but it does change, and that's what the TikTok poetry is. It's this new form of the same thing, but it is. It reminds me of it, like button poetry, yep. or is it, it's a big thing in the US, isn't it? But it's. It's that idea of watching someone. Yeah, and I think that's where spoken word also came Mm. into its into its forte or into its strength when when it remembered that there was a visual aspect Mm -hmm. to to take into account as well as a sonic aspect and a printed aspect. Like all three of those things in the spoken word poem came together quite powerfully. Um, Yeah. as a, I, I know, Matt, you work with Leeds Central Library. You um, do you have a lot of interaction with like the developing nature of the way people consume poems or literature, or and I'm sure maybe you've had like a meeting about it or something. That, like, <laughs> how do we draw folk in? Or I think um, I, 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 
I'm mainly a children's librarian, but yes. um, just because of my, you know, by day I'm a librarian, but by night I'm sort of Batman. average local poetry man. Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> awesome. But uh, because but of when that, when you say children, do you mean primary and um, so not to nineteen? Um, oh, wow. So there's a, there's a big sort of void to fill in terms of poetry for um, upper key upper key stage two, because we've already discussed some poets that are definitely appealed to. Uh, teenagers and young people um, but the sort of like Michael Rosen's not sort of that, that he's quite you know not, not doing I've as much as he Rosen, is because uh, I taught primary for a while so I know it sometimes works wonders and sometimes you, you want something yeah different um, so th there's quite Can't a big all be Rosen. no <laughs> there's quite a big void to fill there but in terms of um just in terms of engagement, what you're talking about, maybe sh like short forms of stuff. I think people do need just to be presented poetry, whether they like it or not. Because if you have, <laughs> if you have like a poetry reading, that is when people do get interested in getting a book. Or um, I remember we, we know Simone and Simone had the um, exhibition at the Tetley, and again, that was like that's like a new for me. That was quite a fresh new way of. Yeah. You, maybe you've already done this yourselves, but like as an exhibition of text and things happening in different ways I thought that was really interesting mm -hmm. and that would maybe then lead you on to maybe seeing it in a longer form or a traditional like in a book traditional maybe. yeah so like making it exciting <laughs> in any yeah. <laughs> traditionally a book <laughs> the <Yeah>. codex was <laughs> <laughs> silly outdated format yeah, yeah. No, I but think, we maybe had a point. It's becoming though. cooler, though. Yeah. I'm not, no, it's, yeah. it's becoming cooler, right? Curling up with a book is never not cool. Please buy books. For yeah. sure, <laughs> but what I mean is, like, among school kids, my yeah. impression is that poetry is being taught in more interesting ways. It well, is like, becoming cooler. Yeah. And yeah. people are, like, well, look at the recognising as well. It. It's yeah. not just universities now. It's, it's colleges and sixth farms and... Even high schools have more poetry yeah. and spoken words. It's a pleasure to now. see. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's, fa it's getting back into education. I remember, and I, I've told a couple of you, I hated poetry until I was about 18 years old. And that's because I went to university and it was taught. Yeah. And it was actually, it was given to us. Whereas when I was in high school, it wasn't really a thing. It was very much just, here's a nature poem. You're going to have to analyze it in an exam. And that's all it was. It the analysis was too close. I yeah. Think. And I think at that age, you need to present it to that age group in a way that they will enjoy it, not just tell them, no, this is a poem, so you need to enjoy it because it's a poem. Yeah, or in several forms. You've got yeah. perform it's just too much. There's so much contained within it. You can yeah, perform I, it, I you can have it over a movie, you can do it at an art exhibition, you can <laughs> read it, There's, you can analyse it really closely, you can take it at face value. There's so much there. Even as, even as we're talking, I'm formulating another sort of step in my... Rant, but it, I think <laughs> I think we forget that what the poem exists to do is to teach you about language, mm. right? As it did when you were little. It's the same thing. You were just learning about language, um, and that if you leave a poem and you haven't come up with a new sense of language, I might suggest that the poem kind of fails. Mm. That's my that's my game. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it, that lesson never goes away. And the trick these days, I think, is that we try and analyze the poem for some kind of meaning or content yeah. instead of just simply saying it's another way of using language. C 
can I learn something about mm. language, right, in this moment of the poem? Mm. And a good poem, most poems, if they're to be poems, should do we'll that. Do that. Yeah. Right? And maybe that's what ties together most of our winning poems and the long-listed poems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and certainly in moments throughout almost every single poem that we read in this competition, there was always at least a line where I would think, oh, yeah, yeah neat. That's a cool move, right? Yeah. What, a, what a way to use that word, mm. right? I've learned something here. We're exploring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That leads us perfectly on to our final segment of the evening. We got a jingle. How no, we haven't got a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> and, right, so again, you'll be shocked to find out I'm underprepared this segment. <laughs> what we're gonna do is I'm gonna name this the word train. Awesome. How do you like that? <laughs> is it good? I I'm don't terrified. know. We'll find out. Um so I'm gonna um because we've got multiple guests on today, I'm gonna kind of um go we're gonna do like round robin, is that what they call it? Where you like go from one to one to one to one. Sure. Um uh these are words I associated with out of time and wrote down on a very ad hoc um basis. And I want you to just respond with one word to these words. Oh dang, word association? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's get weird, just folks. Something silly and weird. <laughs> uh, maybe it'll be a poem. Maybe it'll just be a nightmare. Let us find we'll out. We'll see. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna begin with Poppy. Oh. Then I'm gonna go to Matt. Can it be like small to... phrases? Yeah. Okay. I'll accept phrases. Okay. Um. So we'll go Poppy. Then we'll go Matt. Then we'll go Nas. And we'll go like round and round until I want run out of words. And I don't know if I've got enough to do that in a way that's satisfying. <laughs> okay. Um. So the word train for out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Apocalypse. Now. Talk. 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 T O K. Tick. Cat. Mouse. Break. Down. Suit. Tie. Leave. Stay. Eco. System. Catastrophe. Now. Bond. James. Safety. <laughs> Clasp. <laughs> Great. Alarm. Wake up. Bong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday morning. Tongue. Mouth. Late. Early. Limit. Surpass. Breathe. Quickly. Run. Uh, unhealthy. Fast. No, Furious. No, oh, furious. <laughs> Shit. Salute. Sir. Breach. Whale. Time. Watch. Ooh. Thank you very much. This has been... That was really stressful. <laughs> yeah, this has been the word train. Um, thank you so, so much, all of our guests. Thank you to Poppy Jennings. Thank you to Matthew Headley Stoppard. And thank you to Dr. Nasser Hussain. Um, does anybody thank you have... Yeah, thank Jack. you, Jack. Thank, thank you, Jack. Jack. Yeah, thank, it was my pleasure. Um, and wish my thumb a quick healing process. Aww. Thank you. Thank and you all thumbs. listeners as well. NASA, when is your book dropping? Do you not know? Uh, yeah, uh, September 12th. Um, 12th. Yeah, you can pre-order it. Um, go to Coach House Books uh, online, and, uh, and there should be a, a button you can press. But I'd like to plug Summertime, 
Go get lots of it. <laughs> Yay! It's actually unbearably hot today, but it might be bearable tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>